Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. A pinnacle of engineering. Kia EV6 GT. The most powerful Kia ever crafted. Right across South Australia. This is Sports Day. And this is the summer edition of Sports ASA on Cruise 1323 and 1629 SENSA. And you'll hear Sports Day SA every weeknight from 6pm with me, Paul Bonzer. And tonight, a man who has run a half marathon today. I don't know why, but his name is Dan Menzel. Menz, what were you thinking? Bonds, uh, yeah, good question. I picked the hottest day of the week to do it, um, which I did for a reason. I, I do like training in a little bit more heat. I yep. figure most others won't do it, but... No, we, we've got a four or five day break at the moment uh, at the Woodworth Torrens. And so I did one a couple of years ago when I was fe- feeling reasonably fit. And I just thought, look, I, with my body, having had four ACL reconstructions and a few other issues with my body, I might not ever be able to do one again. So right. while I'm still playing at a semi-professional level, uh, let's give it a crack. And I gave it a crack and it was a real struggle in the end. <laughs> well done, my friend. No, congratulations. And you're walking remarkably well, that, you know, the wheelchair's out there, but that's yes. okay. Um, I need it. <laughs> all right. Uh, we got a, another massive show to end the week. Uh, Australian Open update. You know, we can talk about who's in the women's final and the men's, one of the men's semis is on at, as we speak. Um, BBL finals, Thunder playing the heat. We've got our Friday forecast. Courtney Webb from the SA Scorpions is going to join us. Looking forward to chatting to her. She made 100 last yeah, weekend. She's in some good form. And uh, they're flying the Scorpions. And Dom Ronaldo. From Cruise 1323 and a massive Adelaide United fan. We're going to have a chat with him about the Reds. Yeah, we will. They've got a massive game this weekend in Melbourne against the ladder leaders, Melbourne City. So I'm interested to see if he thinks we've got any chance in winning that game. You can be part of the show as well. Text in on 0427 154 166 or give us a call. 1300 736 736. All right, it's time for our hot topic. Thanks to the Kia EV6 GT, a pinnacle of engineering, the most powerful Kia ever crafted. Sports Day SA. It's my life. On Cruise 1323 and 1629 SENSA. Dan, what's our hot topic? Yeah, now, Bonds, with the AFL season less than two months away, I thought we'd have a look at each AFL team's most valuable player. The way we want to do this, though, is if your team is to win the AFL Premiership in 2023, who needs to be your most valuable player for that to happen? Right. Makes sense. So uh, there's going to be some teams that potentially maybe don't have a great chance to win it, but which player needs to stand up the most if they are to win it? So Do this in alphabetical order? Let's do it in alphabetical order, and we'll start with the Adelaide Crows. Uh, I'm going to go with Jordan Dawson. I think that... He can play anywhere for them. I think he's got to go inside the centre square more for them. He uses the ball as well as anyone in that team. If they are to have success this season, he needs to be a massive part of what they do. Uh, any? I agree with you 100%. 100% on Jordan Dawson. Brisbane. I'm going to go with Charlie Cameron at Brisbane. I think when Charlie Cameron is up and about, when he's kicking goals, when he is dominating in that forward line, he is their barometer. They are going extremely well. They have a great chance this year, and I think that Charlie is the one who has to dominate your thoughts? I like Lockie Neal. I think without him, they 
can't win the premiership. I do too. However, Lockie Neal has won a brown loan in the last couple of years. He came close again last year and it still wasn't good enough for them to win. So my concern with some of these mids is they can play well, but they need others to stand up. And that's why I've gone Charlie Cameron. It's good that we've uh, gone a different one early on in the piece. Carlton. I'm going to go Sam Walsh. Uh, Again, the point here might be that Patrick Cripps won the Brownlow last year. However, they didn't make finals last year with Patrick Cripps winning the Brownlow. Sam Walsh, from mine, is the one who is the most valuable in their team to stand up for them to win the flag. I'm going Cripps. Why? Oh, just he is a beast and he wins the ball out of the middle for him. And I think without him, they are a lesser team. Uh, yeah, I, I strength in yes, the middle. I, it is important, but I still think that Sam Walsh is that cream on top that they require to win the flag. But we've disagreed on a couple. Let's see if we can exactly. get one on the pies. I'm going to go yeah. Jordan Degoe on Collingwood. I talked about barometer with Charlie Cameron. Jordan Degoe is their most valuable player when he's up and about playing well, dominating inside the center square and then going forward, playing that dusty light role where he is so dangerous in the forward line. I think they can put him in either spot and he's such a headache for opposition teams. I think I agree with you. However, I'd like to throw Darcy Moore into that conversation. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Darcy Moore is really important for them. Uh, so that's a, that's an obvious one that could absolutely be their most valuable this year as well. The Bombers. I'm going to go a little bit left field here. I'm going to go their big ruckman, Sam Draper. Now, do I think the Bombers have a great chance to win the premiership in 2023? No, I don't think that at all. But if Sam Draper was to dominate and be the best ruckman in the comp, I think it's a bit premature. But if he was, they are a chance to make finals and do anything. I think he is their most valuable if they're to win the premiership this year. I love it. I agree 100%. He's a massive asset for them. Uh, We'll move on to the Dockers. And I'm going to go. There's a couple here I really wanted to stick with the ruckman and go Sean Darcy, but I'm not going to do that. I'm going to go Nat Fife. And the reason being is... Nat Fife at his best, can play in the midfield, can play in the forward line. He is the hardest matchup in the team for opposition teams. If he is dominating to the level where he's winning a brown low or nearly winning a brown low, I think the Dockers can win the flag. He's the heart and soul of Frio. He is. As Joel Selwood is to Geelong, Nat Fife is to Frio. And I think that's why he's the most important player. It's a great point, Bonds. I think players walk uh, a lot taller when he is dominating games and up and about. The Cats. I'm not going to overcomplicate this. They won it last year with Jeremy Cameron arguably being the best player in the competition. So I'm going to stick with the key forward, Jeremy Cameron. There's so many, but uh, I'm going to go with There him. is a lot. Uh, my favourite's Cam Guthrie, and I think that he, yeah, again, in that conversation. We've done our research, Bonds. The two best and fairest winners <laughs> from 2022 for the Cats. Uh, the Gold Coast Sun. Uh, interesting. I'm going to go with Matt Rout. Now, he hasn't been at the same level as when he came into the comp and absolutely took control of the competition. When he had three first three matches, he got Brownlow vote, three Brownlow votes in each game. I think if he gets to that level and can put that display on, Tuke Miller is a gun. It can complement him beautifully. I think they need Matt Rao. If they're going to make finals, which they've never done before, and potentially win the flag, Matt Rao for mine has to be their most valuable. Ben King, they need to kick goals. Yeah, I'd, I'd like Ben King. I think uh, with Lukosius and maybe our Chol and Kasbolt, they've got other options. But he, if he does what Max did If he kicks year, 60, 60 goals, he, they, they might play finals. That's a great point. Uh, GWS. This one for mine is one of my favorite players to watch. I just hope he stays on the park a bit more. Toby Green, when he is playing and dominating games, they are a great team to watch, but they're also can beat anyone. I think he is their most valuable. And if they're going to make finals this year and push, Toby Green has to be their most valuable. Josh Kelly for me. 
Yeah, another midfielder. Yep. Another midfielder. Well, it's, it's where the game's won. No, it is. It is, but I think they've got a number of those that can play well. I think Toby Green takes them over the top, but uh, it's good. We're not going to agree on everything. That's right. Hawthorne. Uh, I'm going to go with Sicily. He is their heart and soul. We've touched on that with a couple of players. I think he is at Hawthorne. I don't think they're going to make finals, but if they're going to push for finals and potentially win a flag, which would be incredible, then uh, Sicily has to dominate and really stand up for him. I like the tackling machine that is John Newcomb and the strength that he gives around the ball. Really come on, hasn't he, John yep. Newcomb? He's uh, going to be from a nowhere. very, very good player. He will be. Uh, Melbourne. Now, this is a tough one. There's a number of players you could go with this, uh, but I'm going to... With what I've said about the last few teams, I'm going to go with Stephen May, the key defender that when he doesn't play, their record is not great. And it is really difficult for them to hold up without him in the back line. Lieber is really good back there, but he rolls off his man and he helps in the air and he can do that when Stephen May is locking away the opposition team's best forward. I like Stephen May as their most valuable if the Demons are going to win the premiership this year. I think it could have been Max Gorn if they didn't have Grundy. Yeah, that's an interesting but, one. Uh, I, I like May as well. Other end of the ground, Tom McDonald. When he played last year, they won yeah. every game and then he went out and they struggled. I, I don't think he is the most valuable, but Jeezy is important for him. North Melbourne. I'm going to go at that end of the ground. I'm going to go key forward. Nick Larkey, he could be anything. He's a great player. Well, sorry, he's a good player, but he should ascend to a great player. And if they're going to develop and potentially push for finals, and as we've said about this thing, win the premiership, Nick Larkey, if mine is their most valuable, who, who do you think? I'm going to be left of centre here, men's. Uh, I'm going Alistair Clarkson. Yes. He's the most important player at North Melbourne next year. That's well, a, this year, I should say. Look, they're not going to win the flag in 2023. Let's be realistic. So you're right. Alistair Clarkson is their most important. You're not a player, but person. The Port Adelaide Footy Club. Yeah, there's a few here. Uh, I'm going to go with Scott Lysett. I think that when he's in the ruck, they have some good mids around him that he can give that service to. I think he's really important for them. He did it for West Coast when they won a premiership. I'm going to go with Lysett for the power. Uh, their best player last year, Connor Rosie. Yeah. For me. Connor absolutely can be the best player in the competition as well, and that's a, that's a good one. There's a couple of, couple of good names there. The Tigers. Uh, let's not overcomplicate this. Let's think about when they won their premierships, those three premierships, who won the Norm Smith medal? Dusty. Dustin Martin. I'm with you. If he gets back to anywhere near his best, then they've got the complementary pieces around with Shea Bolton, with um, Tom Lynch, Jack Rewalt, Dylan Grimes. they got a number of guns. Taranto and Hopper's come in. I think Dusty is the barometer, though. Oh, when the Saints... Uh, I'm going to go Max King. I know he's injured at the moment, but he showed last year if he could kick straighter in games, he would have won them at least a handful of games just off his own boot. He is so important for them. I think Max King, key position, and we've picked a few. It shows how valuable they are. Yeah, uh, no Paddy Ryder. I think uh, Marshall is the one that needs to step up. I like that. That's a great call, actually, because when Paddy Ryder didn't play last year, Marshall dominated games. He did. Uh, So, yeah, I like that for the Saints to be able to push this year. Sydney Swans. Sydney Swans. I found this one a little bit tougher. They've got a lot of good players and a lot of valuable players. I'm going to go with Callum Mills. And the reason I'm going to go with Callum Mills is they made the grand final last year with him being their most valuable player. He was all Australian. He dominated in the middle. He set him up. Uh, captain last year as well. I think Callum Mills, they, they only had one poor game. He can be their most valuable again this year and they can get back there. I think the only other one that's in that conversation is Isaac Heaney. Yeah, that's, again, uh, another positional player that is so hard to find yep. and do what they do. Another All-Australian last year as well. West Coast. I'm going to go with Nick Natanui. Now, I played against Nick Nat on a number of occasions and I saw him at his best. When he is absolutely jumping over the other ruckman and dominating in the centre square, it's almost unstoppable. I'm not sure he'll get back to that level, but if the 
Eagles are to contest for finals this year and win an unprobable premiership, then Nick Nat has to be their most valuable player. Agreed. I'm with you. Uh, the last team, uh, the most valuable player for the Western Bulldogs. I flirted with a few here. <laughs> oh, really? Uh, I, d- I did because I think that there is a number that could be the most valuable. Tim English could really come on, and yes. if he does, it, they could be anything. I love Aaron Norton in the forward line. He still hasn't reached his best yet. He is going to be an incredible forward for a number of years. But Marcus Bontempelli, if they put him back in that centre square, which I think they'll do permanently this year, he could win the Brownlow. He could be their most valuable and he could lead them to another flag. The Bont for mine as well. So there we go. It's a, it's a good list. And maybe you can give us your tips on who you think is the best or most valuable player at your club. Text in 0427-154-166. And again, it's if your team's to win the premiership. So you might That's not right. have agreed with some of those calls. But if you think about if your team will win the flag this year, who needs to be the most valuable? And that's why a couple of those names, are weren't they're the guys that really need to stand up for their team. And they are the barometers. Repco Authorised Service Centre. You can rely on your local Repco Authorised Service Centre for expert car service. Book online at repcoservice.com. Coming up on the show, we'll have an Australian Open update and later we'll talk to Courtney Webb from the Scorpions and Dom Renato about the Reds. A pinnacle of engineering. Kia EV6 GT. The most powerful Kia ever crafted. Right across South Australia. This is Sports. Welcome back to the summer edition of Sports Day SA on Cruise 1323 with Paul Bonza and Premiership player with the Eagles, Dan Menzel. Um, the text machine's lit up. It has. It has. Ross from McGill, one of the regulars, he's texting. He thinks Riley O'Brien is the most important player Ooh, in Adelaide. Interesting. I mean... It's a, if they are to win the flag, he needs to be an all-Australian-type ruckman. So that's that's a great call. It is a great call. And Tony from Ingle Farm, he thinks Shea Bolton would hurt. If uh, if Shea Bolton plays well, he could win the Brownlow. Tigers could win the flag. So he's obviously a Richmond man. He is. A, okay. So, yeah, I mean, I agree with that. Shea Bolton could do anything and he could. But I just go back to Dusty. He, he's They've done it. That's the formula. It's worked in the past. But Shea Bolton's another good one. Text machine 0427154166. If you have any of your thoughts, text in. Uh, time for our Australian Open update. Thanks to Toolkit Depot, your one-stop shop to get back on the tools. New year means new gear at Toolkit Depot. Sports Day SA. On Cruise 1323 and 1629 SEN SA. Dan, women's semi-finals last night at the Australian Open and Sabalenka will play Rybakina in the final. You got mixed up there with Azarenka, Sabalenka, Rybakina. They're all from a similar region. <laughs> Fair enough too. So for those who don't know, Sabalenka is Belarusian, who Azarenka is also Belarusian. Yes. Now their flag has not been displayed at the Oz Open. And Rybakina is born in Russia, but is Kazakh, Kazakhstan. Yes. So. There's uh, there's some success at the moment coming from Eastern Europe. So they will play tomorrow night at 7 o'clock at Rod Laver Arena. Robert Keane is the 22 seed, Sabalenka the number five seed. So two of the players that wouldn't have been as strongly fancied at the start of the tournament as a few other names. Um, Shwiontek has, uh, was the number one seed and got knocked off by Robert Keane. So... I really like what she's doing, the Kazakh. She knocked off the number one seed. Uh, she was way too good for Lynette last night, 7-6, six, 6-2. Six, 
I think, um, sorry, that was Sabalenka. She was way mm. too good for Azarenka, who has knocked off everyone. So I'm yes. going to go with Rybakina. Okay, I'll go the other way just because it's fun. Uh, men's <laughs> semi-final um, was played today. Uh, sits a pass at Chakanov. Yes. Kachanov, Steph- sorry. Kachanov. Stefanos is into his second yes. Grand Slam final with a 7-6, 6-4, 6 7 6 3 win. So in four sets, Sitsipas uh, makes it to the Australian Open final, which will be played at Rod Laver Arena on Sunday night at 7 o'clock. Now he will play either the winner of Tommy Paul, who probably isn't going to be there because he's taking on Novak Djokovic tonight at 7 o'clock. Novak is the number four seed, which is incredible. But um, Novak's in as good a form as we've seen. He is as short a thing as possible. We expect to see Novak and Stefano sit to pass playing in the final on Sunday night, Bonds, correct? Correct. Is Would that be the biggest upset in the world of tennis in 10 years if Tommy Paul wins tonight? I'm trying to think a bigger upset. Uh, it would be massive. It would be because Tommy Paul's not seated for those who don't know as well. So uh, it would be one of the biggest – it would be the biggest upset in 10 years. I'm going to agree with you on that one and go with that because – Tommy Paul, he's from America. He's 25 years of age um, and he's ranking uh, 97 in the world. Uh, he's his highest. So I don't think that uh, that he's going to get the job done against Novak. But good luck to him in about 40 minutes' time. I've got some audio I want to play for you. This is Jared Healy. What are your thoughts on this, Dan Menzel? Given he wins a 10th title, we should acknowledge the incredible feat of Novak Djokovic and his total domination of the Australian Open and also his great contribution to building its historical significance by constructing a life-size statue of the Serbian champion looking over the gardens, perhaps, or over his own dedicated court that forever recognises his great deeds on Melbourne Park and specifically on Rod Laver Arena. Ten wins is an incredible feat and even more magnificent when you consider those that he has conquered, including Nadal, Sarandi and, of course, Roger Federer. Should there be a statue at Melbourne Park of the Joker? There should be. I like that call uh, from Jerry there. It's a great call because the the issue with Novak is he has come through in the generation of Roger Federer and Rafael Nadal. Yes. Two of the most loved players of all time. How can you not love Roger? Everyone in the world loves Roger. Most incredible person. And Rafa is so endearing with the way he goes about everything. His never-give-up attitude. And so Novak, who... Actually, isn't that bad a person? He's great with the crowd. Yes, he's great I agree. with the public. Um, he puts a few people offside, but it's because he's playing against these two champions of the game that people barrack for those two more than him. And Novak's probably Novak will go past him if Novak wins this Grand Slam. He equals Rafael Nadal, correct on twenty two, and he's there ahead of Roger by one. Rafa might win one more French Open, maybe, but Novak, I think, will be all-time number one leader. He deserves that statue. Ten Grand Slam wins at the Australian Open is incredible. Novak's got a couple of years to go, I think. I think not. Rafa's coming towards the end. And uh, have you got a – I think we've – whatever. Yeah, the Someone's Sydney – won the toss in the, the BBL Sydney Thunder, final. The Sydney Thunder have won that toss, and they have elected to field first. So it'll be interesting to see. They're going to bowl first. Uh, and uh, and see how they go against the Brisbane Heat. Thanks. And yeah, thanks, Dan. Good update. Uh, stream every NFL game live this season on NFL Game Pass. Visit nflgamepass.com. Coming up on the show, Courtney Webb from the Scorpions and Dom Ronaldo, the voice of Cruz. He's a lot sexier than mine. Uh, coming up as well. 
uh, and we'll speak to him about the Reds, Adelaide United. Uh, you are listening to the summer edition of Sports Day SA with Paul Bonzer and the superstar marathon half-runner <laughs> uh, Dan Menzel. A pinnacle of engineering, Kia EV6 GT, the most powerful Kia ever crafted. Right across South Australia, this is Sports Day. Welcome back to the summer edition of Sports Day SA on Cruise 1323 with Paul Bonzer and Dan Menzel. And men's... Uh, People can be part of the show just by texting in 0427 154 or give us a call 1300 736 736. Our next guest is playing for a team that is absolutely flying the SA Scorpions and uh, she is brought to us by Tyre Power. Think safety this January. Get the five-minute tyre safety check at your local tyre power. Sports Day SA. You're unbelievable. On Cruise 1323 and 1629 SENSA. From the South Australian Scorpions, it's Courtney Webb. Courtney, welcome to the summer edition of Sports Day SA. Thanks for having me. Now, the Scorpions are flying. Uh, you've had a great year so far. Seven wins and a tie. The tie you won in a super over. So, basically, you haven't lost a game. You're sitting second on the WNCL ladder. What do you think has been the secret to your success this season? Yeah, I guess everyone's a, a year older. We've had a bit more experience. We, we made the final last year and, yeah, took a tough loss to Tassie, who, yeah, just played a lot better than us. And I think we've trained with real purpose and had that motivation from the loss last year to, yeah, bounce back. And I guess we've won a couple of games this year that, yeah, previously we probably wouldn't have got over the line and, and that's why we're undefeated so far. Yeah, you're going really well as a team and individually as well, Courtney. You're coming off 101 not out against New South Wales last weekend. You must be pretty pleased with the way you're hitting them at the moment. Yeah, uh, it's actually funny. My net form hasn't been that great, but, yeah, everything seemed to click uh, on the weekend. And, yeah, we got over the line there with a couple of overs to spare. So, yeah, really happy to, to finally get a, a century for my name. But, um, yeah, more importantly, getting another win and keeping in contention for that final. As you know, I was there on uh, the weekend and called the game and you batted beautifully. Uh, you showed a lot of composure. Batting with Maddie Penner, who had a hamstring injury, uh, you had to, I guess, control your running between the wickets too, and I thought you did that were very well. Was that um, challenging for you? Yeah, I guess it was just about assessing, yeah, who you're batting with. I was previously in with Emma DeBro, who's, yeah, lightning between the wickets, so we were trying to steal a few few sneaky runs. But, yeah, when Mads came out, we had to be a little bit more cautious, Um so, yeah, for me, I had to change a little bit how I was playing. But for her, her power game's unreal. So she was just trying to hit as many boundaries as she could, I think. Will she be OK for next weekend's games against Tassie? Yeah, I think so. I think she'll get up for it. Um, she'll probably miss club cricket this weekend. But she was at training today and hitting the ball as good as ever. So, yeah, we'll be doing everything we can to make sure she's on the plane of Tassie and playing those games. So you're heading back home then for those games. You're born in Launceston. Um, the move to South Australia, just tell us about that. Yeah, moved over a couple of seasons ago now. So, yeah, mainly for opportunity. I was 
yeah, batting lower down the order for Tassie and, yeah, never took my opportunity, didn't get much either. So when Luke Williams gave me a call and offered me a, a spot at number four for South Australia, it was, yeah, way too good to turn down. And, yeah, I'm just really lucky that yeah, he offered me that opportunity and, yeah, really enjoying my time over here and probably playing my best cricket ever. So can't complain. He's a good man, Luke. Uh, now, you also play WBBL for the Renegades. Not sure why you're not here as well for that, but maybe that's a, that's next season. We'll get it next We'll season. work on that. Um, what do you prefer playing, WBBL, or do you like playing playing the longer format of WNCL? Yeah, I don't know. I like both for, for different reasons. I think the WNCL, you really get to um, take your time with your innings, and, yeah, it's probably a little bit more challenging in the way that you have to think through different scenarios especially at number four you could be two for ten or you could bat in the last over depending on yeah how the openers and number three goes and yeah then in big bash I guess it's yeah a bit more clear what the goal is you're just out there to make as many runs as you can off as little balls so yeah each has its own challenges I think yeah there's probably a bit more hype around the big bash um at this stage but I personally probably prefer playing in the longer format I've probably had a bit more success in it as well now I want to ask you about your AFLW career so it's pretty incredible that you've played at the highest level in two different sports you played with Carlton in 2017 you had a few injury issues how did that go and I guess compare your cricket career to your potential AFL career yeah, I loved my time at Carlton. I was pretty lucky to go straight out of year 12 and into yeah two elite sport environments. So, yeah, it was it was pretty challenging to juggle, I guess. Uh, there was probably three organisations back then between the Renegades, Cricket Tasmania and then Carlton. But, um, yeah, the opportunity to train and play alongside some of the, yeah, some of the best AFLW players um, out there at the moment was a, a great experience and obviously learnt a lot of things from them to then take into the cricket career, which is what I'm yeah, pursuing for now and hoping to, to push for higher honours eventually. But, um, yeah, really lucky that I guess it was a time where both sports were still developing and not quite full-time yet and you could still juggle the two. So I just want to delve into that a little bit more, Courtney. There are some players and some male players that have played both sports. Alex Carey is a great example how difficult is the decision to make to choose cricket over AFL at the moment? And how, obviously, did that come about? Yeah, I think at the time, there was probably just more opportunities in cricket for me. Um, the, yeah, the year I'd debuted for Carlton, I was also in an Australian under-19 side that I was lucky enough to vice-captain. And going away on that trip was, yeah, pretty awesome. And to be able to travel the, the world for... Um, a living and to play the sport that you love, like that was that was the main driver, I guess, behind the decision at the time. And yeah, AFLW was still training three nights a week, whereas the cricket was um, starting to be that full time job almost. So yeah, the opportunities at the time were just yeah far too great in cricket. But it's really cool to see the AFLW coming along now and um, some girls being yeah full time professional athletes in that sport too. Dan, I think in the winter there might be a spot down at the Eagles for Courtney. I think we can find a spot for her, definitely. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I want to ask you about uh, one of my favourite people, Gemma Barsby, a very calm skipper. Does she ever get grumpy or angry? Uh, I have not seen Gemma grumpy ever, no. She's she's a great chick. She's a very good captain and very calm out there and... Yeah, probably a reason why we've won some of those tighter games this year as well. It's really important to have a calm head 
um, to be really clear and make good decisions out there. And, yeah, she's been great for us while Shooter and Talia have been away on Aussie duties. Now, before we let you go, Courtney, you've got four more games before the end of the season, two against Tassie and Hobart, who are sitting third, and then the final two games against the top side, Queensland. So are you confident that you can get the results against these two teams and retain the spot in the top two and play in the final? Yeah, I think these last four will probably be, yeah, the most challenging for us, especially Tassie at home. They play really well down at Blunston. So I think our teams, yeah, definitely improved from last year. So it'll be really interesting to see how we go against those guys. That'll be a really good test for us. Um, And then we've got Queensland back at home. So we're sitting on the same amount of wins as them at the moment, but they've played a couple of extra games than us. So hopefully we'll be able to jump them on the ladder and, yeah, make sure we secure a top two spot and play in that final. Great talking with you, Courtney. Have a fantastic end of the season and uh, get your Scorpions into the final. Yes, thank you. Cheers for having me. Courtney Webb from the South Australian Scorpions, WNCL, and and obviously a footballer of note as well. Um, Multi-talented. I think she plays with Launceston as well in the off-season. So maybe she goes home for the winter, plays a bit of footy, uh, but very talented cricketer. Uh, she, she bowls a bit too. Hasn't been bowling a lot of late. But, uh, yeah, she's well, she's a talent. She made 100 in her last knock, so maybe it sounds like she's made the right decision there sports-wise to go with cricket. But AFL's always going to be there. So she's still young, so the possibility will be there for Courtney Webb. Our next guest, Dan, is uh, brought to us by Football, is here with a $40 family pass available at the to the Isuzu Ute Men's A-League. T's and C's apply it's a man who's very familiar with crews and very familiar with SENSA. It's Dom Renato. Welcome to the summer edition of Sports ASA. Oh, gentlemen, Paul and Dan, welcome to Cruise 1323. Yes, we're <laughs> very happy to be there. Uh, we want to speak to you about Adelaide United, obviously. You call the games, you're well involved with the club. Um, they sit fifth on the ladder at the moment with a really solid win against MacArthur Footy Club last week. Uh, how important was that result for the club? Oh, it was hugely important because, really, they haven't got a, a, you know, with all due respect to the club, they haven't got a great squad, but they are doing very well considering their Calvary's got them playing some good footy. But too many red cards is uh, sometimes costing them. They got away with it last week, but they've got to try and eliminate those red cards and uh, and try and win every game at home because it's if you've seen the ladder, it's so, so close. You lose a game or two and, uh, you know, you're out of contention. So uh, we're only halfway through. A bit to go yet, but... Uh, an important win because uh, they've lost a couple at home. Uh, they had a hiccup. It was their first win for a few weeks, which they really needed uh, for this year. Uh, but uh, hopefully they can keep that uh, momentum going because it's not going to be easy. They've got a tough one over the weekend against the top side. If they can get a result there, it might set them up uh, for a pretty good second half of the season. If they don't get a result, then uh, you know it's just going to make it a little bit tougher for them. So, Dom, you touched on that, that they travel interstate to take on the top of the table, Melbourne City. Uh, our last couple of away games, Adelaide United, we lost 4-0 to Central Coast and 3-1 to Wellington. So, it's not looking great in terms of our form at the moment away from home. And we run into the red-hot Melbourne City. How do we get a result here against, at the moment, the best team in the comp? Yeah, maybe a few prayers might help. I think Melbourne City is the best, uh, best, best team in the league at the moment. They've got an unbelievable squad. Uh, how they get a result? Yeah, prayers, a bit of luck and no red cards because you mentioned the game against Central Coast. You know, they got smashed against uh, the Mariners there. 
Uh, having said that, the Mariners, I think they're a pretty good side, but a red card again with his ace cost them that game even more. Uh, against Wellington, another good side, you know, but it was away from home. Away from home, you know, you, you just hope to get a draw to, you know, to bring home. But when you lose, it makes life a little bit tougher. You need to win a few of those away games. This weekend, I can't see him winning, to be totally honest, because I, I rate Melbourne City. Like I said, I, I think they are the favourites uh, to win the league. Uh, but they just need to eliminate red cards and uh, play at their best. I think if they play at their best and Melbourne ha- City have an off day, there's a chance they could jag a result, but otherwise I can't see him winning this game. So just on that game, Jamie McLaren has scored 13 goals in the league. The next most is seven. Uh, how do we stop him from putting a couple in against us on the weekend? Yeah, stop him from uh, getting any chances because Jamie McLaren, he doesn't have to touch the ball all game. Uh, but he only has to have one touch and he'll score a goal or two touches, he'll score two goals. He's just one of those, he's a predator. Inside that box, you just got to keep an eye on him and their defence really have to work overtime to make sure that they don't give him any room, don't give him any space. And that's for 90 minutes plus of that game because if you just leave him alone for a minute, he'll get half a chance because he's got a, a lot of good service. Matthew Leckie, you know, he's another one that'll hurt Adelaide United if you're not careful. Now, a former Adelaide United player, of course. Uh, they've got so many people, uh, players in that team that can cause you damage. So Adelaide really have to be at their best to get anything out of this game. So the Reds do get a few players back, though. Lockie Barr comes back. That's very important for them, Isaias and uh, Alexander Popovich as well. Uh, that certainly helps against Melbourne City, doesn't it? Oh, absolutely. If they can get as many as their players back, their uh, starting 11 players back, and Isaias is one of them, of course. Uh, Lachlan Barr, he's, he's another one in their defence. They've been swapping and changing their defence over the uh, the last few weeks, mainly because of red cards and and what have you. So they, uh, you know, obviously with any any side, a steady team and a consistent uh, starting eleven does help the cause. But they have been chopping and changing, and they just need to get back to basics, just like they did. Uh, at the end of last year, where they were on a, a pretty good run, they were winning some good games. But at the start of this year, it's been very rocky. And uh, this is the business side of the year now. This is where they can't afford to start losing points, especially at home uh, and especially against the teams who are around where you are or even lower. Because you see Melbourne Victory, for example, bottom of the ladder. Yet they've got an unbelievable squad there, but they're bottom. So you, you expect them at any minute to break free, start getting some results start getting a bit of luck, and then that puts pressure on everybody else. And there's teams at the bottom. Sydney FC is another one. You know, they're not performing that well either. They're not getting the results. So it's important for Adelaide. If they want to hang around and be in the six, they've got to keep collecting points. Otherwise, there'll be clubs that'll start to overtake them. So, Dom, I just want to know which player from Adelaide United or potential players has impressed you so far this year? Geez, our goalkeeper was good last week, wasn't he? Well, he saved us. Absolutely, he saved us. Gauchi, he's, he's, you know, they'll be lucky if they can keep him uh, at the end of this season because I'm sure there'll be uh, suitors overseas knocking on the door to want to try and sign him. But, yeah, he's been he's been fantastic. So there's your answer. Who's been who's impressed me this year? Joe Gauchi. He's easily one of the best goalkeepers in the league. He's only a young guy as well. So, you know, he's been very, very good. And Adelaide have needed him to be very, very good because their defence is not the best in the league. And and when, when uh, they've got past their defence, Gauchi's been there to save them, even though they've had a couple of uh, uh, big defeats. But that's only 
because of circumstance. But uh, uh, Joe Gauchi's been good. I like uh, Ibasuki, but he just doesn't get enough enough ball at his feet. He's not getting the service. And no matter how good of a striker you are, if you're not getting the service, you're not going to score goals. But he's so good at holding up the ball. He's incredible in the air. He wins just about every ball in the air. Uh, but he just hasn't scored enough goals, and, and that's what they need. And, of course, you've got your Craig Goodwins and your Hall- uh, Hallorans. They need to perform. They're your experienced players. You can't rely on the young guys to win you the game. You've got to rely on these experienced players to try and win you the game and score the goals that they need, and that's the only way they're going to win. Now, Dom, uh, you, you control the airwaves on cruise of a morning. <laughs> <laughs> Are you pl- are there any favourite songs or artists that are uh, running through the playlist at the moment? Oh goodness gracious! That's a t- you know I how know many times I get yeah 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 well well I get asked that question many times over the years that I've been in the industry. It's, it's like having ten kids and saying which is your favourite. You think oh, <laughs> all depends which day you're talking about. I'm um, I'm one of those guys with music for for the mood that I'm in. You know it depends what mood I'm in. I like to hear certain artists because I like anything from uh, from Led Zeppelin to the Beatles. Uh, I like ballads. I like the Carpenters. I like Elton John. Uh, I like Leonard Skinner. So I have to be in the mood. But uh, artist, favourite artist, definitely. I'm a seventies guy. I like America. I think America. The band is up. Nice. At, and Eagles. Eagles are fantastic. You, you can't go wrong with the Eagles. The Doobie Brothers, uh, and especially the Beatles. Elvis Presley. Uh, as you know, we play nothing but the hits, and everybody we play on cruise. Are, uh, are big names. These are guys that have been superstars over the years, so we don't really have too many lemons, thank God. Tom, really appreciate your time coming on the summer edition of Sports Day ASA. Uh, go well, my friend, and uh, we'll hear you in the mornings. Yep, well, uh, look forward to uh, to speaking to you guys again, and uh, as we say, just keep cruising. <laughs> yes, Dom, love that. Tom <laughs> Ronaldo, uh, the morning announcer on Cruise 1323, but he he knows everything about the Reds and commentates the games as well. He's um, He doesn't give him a big chance this weekend, does he? No, but in saying that, he's probably spot on the money. Jeremy McLaren scored 13 goals. They've got Matthew Leckie in their lineup as well. It is... As star-studded team, I think, as we've seen in the A-League, and it's the reason why they are so far out in front at the moment. So if we can get a result over there, a draw would be incredible because they've uh, nearly won every game they've played in this year, the Melbourne City. The Kia EV6 GT. It's a pinnacle of engineering and the most powerful Kia ever crafted. Dan, it's time for our Friday forecast. It is, and we're going to start with our sure thing. Yeah, you go first. All right, I'm going to go first, and I'm going to go with the Big Bash. Uh, I think that my sure thing is, and we've talked about this a little bit over the past few nights, the Perth Scorchers and the Sydney Sixers, they play tomorrow night. The finals start tonight between the Thunder and the Heat. The Perth Scorchers and the Sydney Sixers will make the final. That is my sure thing. And they are the two best teams in this competition by a long way. Massive crowd in Perth tomorrow night. Ticket sales have been fantastic. What have you uh, got? Oh, well, mine's pretty easy. It's straightforward. Djokovic wins his 10th Aussie Open. Yeah. I'd... It's a pretty sure thing, isn't it? It is. It absolutely is a sure thing. Most at stake for you. Yeah, I'm going to go with tennis. Um, maybe he doesn't have most at stake, but I'm going to put it in there. Stefanos Tsitsipas who we mentioned earlier has uh, he beat Kvachinov uh, in his semi-final to make it through the final. This will be his second Grand Slam final. 
The last one he played in, or the first one he played in, sorry, was the French Open in 2021 where he lost to Novak Djokovic. So I'm going to go Stefanos. He's in his second Grand Slam final. There's a lot of good young up-and-coming talent. He needs to put up a fire and potentially win because you never know when that opportunity might come again. Correct. I uh, like it. My most at stake is the medical staff at Kansas City uh, Chiefs. That's a good one. Trying to get Patrick Mahomes fit for the AFC Championship game, which is uh, Monday morning our time. Um, he got a bad sprained ankle and they need to get him right. Is Otherwise, it... I, don't, I think they're, they don't make the Super Bowl. They're in trouble. And it's interesting as well. The bookies and everything is the, the movement around that game has all gone towards Cincinnati as a result of this. So there's a lot of doubt on the Kansas City Chiefs. Doomsday. I'm going to go first, Bonds. I'm going to go the Doomsday. Uh, We might be similar here, but I'm going to go to the women's singles. Right. With Sabalenka and Robikina playing in the final. Uh, One is Belarusian and one is Kazakhstan. However, she's born in Russia. So they both have Russian ties. So I'm going to say that one of them is going to win the title and uh, we'll parade around a Russian flag. And that is the doomsday scenario. Well, mine is very similar to that. I'm hoping that when Djokovic wins the Australian Open, there's no political statement. Whether it be Russian or whether it be something about him not coming here last year. Mm, I think he just wins gracefully. And that's what we'd... If he brings up, if yep. he, if he brings up the past, yep. I think that'll... Do him a disservice. Yeah, I think it will too. I don't think he will. I think he's a smarter man than that. But, I agree. But that would be the doomsday because it feels like, and we've seen this and we've talked about this, that he's got all of the Australian public back on his side now. Yeah, he could unravel it in one go as well. I've got a couple other things for you, Dan. Um, we're talking cricket briefly, but Talia McGrath has been named the T20 International Player of the Year by the ICC. She has been. Bow girl. She's been dominant. When you can bat and bowl and do it that well, it's uh, it's no no surprise that she's got the recognition there. Uh, Stephen Silvani appointed list manager at St Kilda today. Yeah. What are your thoughts? Well, he's got history with Ross Lyon. Yes. Uh, Obviously a relationship there. Yeah, was a previous assistant coach under him. So I'm not surprised uh, at all. And uh, Steve has polarised people in the past. So he, uh, he could absolutely um, do wonderful things there uh, or it could go the other way. So it'll be interesting to see what happens at the Saints. Uh, I've got a very loose golf story for you. Um, Far away. <laughs> very loose golf story. Donald Trump, ex-president uh, of the United States, has claimed credit for his club championship despite reportedly not uh, competing <laughs> in the tournament with the same parameters as anyone else. Uh, the 45th president of the U.S. claimed the senior trophy at his Trump International Golf Club in Palm Beach over the weekend. How about this, though? Longtime sports writer Rick Riley wrote a book about the great man. Uh, Commander-in-Chief, How Golf Explains Trump. That was the name of the book. Yep. <laughs> and a quote from the book goes, Donald Trump cheats. Wow. So to say Donald Trump cheats is like saying Michael Phelps swims. <laughs> <laughs> He cheats at the highest level. He cheats when people are watching. He cheats when they're not watching. He cheats whether you like it or not. He cheats. That's how he plays golf. Uh, and playing golf with him, he's going to cheat. <laughs> Isn't that interesting, ones that um, Donald Trump, who had a relationship with Kim Jong-il, not many have uh, yes. along the journey. And Kim Jong-il also has a similar story where apparently on his scorecard he hit all hole-in-ones on a course to go uh, There's 18, been lots of stories about 18 hole-in-ones. So maybe Donald and him had a round of golf and Donald thought, 
what am I doing putting the real score in? What am I doing here? I might as well just uh, bring that down a little bit and get a couple of championships. Do you think he's gone down this track because no one's stood up to him and said, hang on a second, Donald, you can't do that. Clearly. And he turns around and goes, it's my course. Clearly. <laughs> I own the course. This is, this is the way we play golf. 100%. <laughs> I can do it. You can't do it. <laughs> Incredible story that, isn't it? It's hilarious. It's hilarious. Um, what, uh, let's, let's have a quick look at the BBL finals. We've got a couple of minutes to go. Yep. Um, heat taking on the Thunder in the Eliminator, uh, which is just about to get underway. Sydney yes. Showgrounds. The um, Heat will be looking to bounce back. They should have had a home final and sitting in third, but they had that horrific loss to the Hurricanes the other night when Tim David bowled five dot balls and a potential no ball that went for six as well. So the Heat will look to bounce back. Uh, you've got the uh, cricket.com.au unofficial B- Big Bash team of the tournament there as unofficial well. Unofficial Big Bash team. Yep. It starts with Matt Short from the Strikers. Yeah, well, he's the number one run scorer in the tournament with 458. Well deserved. Steve Smith played four games. He's in. He's played four <laughs> games. He is number nine on the run scorers list, but that's incredible. Aaron Hardy, like this. Jeez, he's really made a name for himself. He's up to second on the list. Uh, Aaron Finch, captain. Captain, third on the list in runs, was very consistent last year. It's why they finished third on the table. Josh Inglis gets the gloves. Love the way he's playing at the moment. He has to get games in the Australian team, unfortunately. I'm not sure what that means to Carey, but he's playing so well. Tim David. Tim David for the Hurricanes. A couple of massive uh, scores for him, but also what he did the other night to potentially get him into finals. They just missed, though. And then the bowlers, Michael Nisa, Sean Abbott, uh, Andrew Ty, Tom Rogers, and Paddy Dooley. Oh, Andrew Ty and Sean Abbott, their consistency year in and year out is incredible. Thanks for joining me again today, men's. It's been a busy show. We're just about out of time. I hope you've enjoyed the summer edition of Sports Day SA this week, and we'll see you next week. A pinnacle of engineering. Kia EV6 GT, the most powerful Kia ever crafted. Right across South Australia.